0: I was invited to the final meeting of a book study group, and the book that the group was reading was Making Artists. Hey, have you heard of that one? I I hear it's pretty good. (laughs) Anyway, uh, they asked if I would join them for the final meeting, and so I could answer any questions they might have had about the book. So I was honored, first of all, to be invited, and so I was glad to join in the conversation, you know, especially if I could clear up anything that I hadn't made clear in the book. Um, And I was telling my son this on the phone, that there were actually two uh, two parts of the book making artist the first half is written by Melissa Purdy the second half by myself and uh, some of the questions were in general for both of us and someone for her and, uh, and then there were some for me it seemed like there were a lot for me on my side of the book and uh, so my son started I was telling my son this and he started poking fun at me and he's like well, "You know, well you know maybe next time you should do a better job writing your section <laughs> thanks Josh but I digress that's not what this is about so one of the questions that was asked and I'll read it right here Um, Do you submit student art into local shows? And if so, do you find it more difficult to compete with other DBAE or teacher-directed programs? I have a low-key fear that I won't get as many pieces in shows or won't have as much end product to justify my program. Let's dive in. Well, there's simply a lot to unpack there. (laughs) I could start, I probably will start by telling you our students out at South B, are killing it (laughs) they're killing it (laughs) but 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 if if i don't explain the how and why that that came to be it'll sound like i'm just bragging on my students um which i am (laughs) i am but let me start from the beginning and we'll circle back around to the answering the question about art shows okay so first what we need to talk about is what i'm labeling authentic art so what is that uh, did you ever watch a show or see an ad in a magazine where there's a piece of art supposedly created by a child? You know, like maybe it's an ad and it's supposed to be like the child did this art and he's holding it up or something like that. You know, there's an image of a, of a, a photograph of, of a child holding up this drawing. And, and usually it's like, you know, a house with a stick person, <laughs> a stick figure person in front of it or actually be next to it. Right. It wouldn't be in front. Of it. We wouldn't have any overlapping. Children would never do that. <laughs> That's probably true. Um, and anyway, and it's drawn you know, it usually looks like it's drawn in Crayons and using primary colors. And did you ever see something like that and right away you know that wasn't made by a kid? You just know. Like you've seen kid art and you know like some adult made that. That was made by an adult trying to make art that looks like it was drawn by a kid. To most people and and you guys are art teachers so you know what i'm talking about like to most people it probably does look like it was drawn by a kid but as art teachers we know how kids draw and and there's just something about it that makes it at least to me it makes it so obvious and probably to all of us <laughs> probably to you too that it was wasn't drawn by a kid that you know it was drawn by some adult pretending to draw like a kid because when a kid draws something it it, it has a look all of its own and it can't be replicated by adults <laughs> um, It's just their way of drawing. It's how kids draw. And when we see a work of art created by a kid, you know it's authentic. Like you know it was made by a kid. And that's what authentic art is. It's made solely by the kid. So here, as always, is where I get myself in trouble. Here's the question. Is art made in an art room that follows a teacher-directed program authentic art? (laughs) You want to know what I say? I say no, not entirely. Again, I said I was going to get myself in trouble. I'm starting early tonight, right? Um, But as always, (laughs) though some may take offense, that's, that's not a judgment. It's not. It's just an observation. And to that point, it's a definition. So why isn't it? Let me explain. Okay, authentic art is made by the student alone. We already, like, I already gave the definition of what I think authentic art is. I think it's it's art that's made by a student, it's made by a child. Um, it's their idea, it's their design. Art made in a teacher-directed lesson incorporates some ideas, some designs, some techniques that the student otherwise wouldn't have been able to create. So by design, that, and, and by design, <laughs> that is the purpose of a teacher-directed lesson plan. They want to introduce students to new ideas, designs, and techniques. However, when this occurs, it incorporates more than the student's ability. And therefore, by definition, it isn't authentic. Okay, that's my definitions. So now I want to take a look at one part of the original question. Uh, The part I want to answer or address first is, do you find it more difficult to compete with other DBAE or teacher-directed programs? Now, Why would someone ask this question? Why would this question be asked? What would make it more difficult to compete? Like, what does compete even mean? To answer, we need to go back and look at the different results of authentic art and teacher-directed art. So, as mentioned, by design, teacher-directed art introduces ideas, designs, and techniques that are above the natural level of the student's natural abilities. Now, when a student completes a teacher-directed project, the project will be completed at a very accomplished level. Like to say it simply, the project's gonna look great. <laughs> People are gonna be impressed, you are know, impressed by teacher-directed projects. Oh, look what little Johnny did, it's so great, you know. Uh, and it, and it is, right? There's nothing wrong with that, it's that's just great. Now, students who create art without incorporating teacher-directed ideas, designs, or techniques, they still produce art, However, the art may look less polished. The production quality that goes into their work won't in general be at the same level either. So on the surface, when comparing two pieces of art, one created through a teacher-directed project and an authentic artwork, the teacher-directed project will most likely look superior. And, and here's where the concern comes from. This concern can be uh, for our high school art teachers who are worried about competing against other high schools or shows in some competitions or something like that. However, I think it might even be more prevalent at the elementary uh, level because there's going to be parents. <laughs> there's a parent somewhere out there who is used to their child bringing home highly polished teacher-directed projects, um, and they may be disappointed to see, like... Uh, you know, w- you know what they may consider subpar work. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying, you know, they may consider that then. Um, and I think this can be a real concern for our teachers because, like, their necks on the line, they're going to be like, uh, the, the parent calls the principal, what's going on here? My kid used to make great projects. I have little Susie's, his sister's project hanging on the refrigerator. And I thought, they, like, little Johnny was going <laughs> to have, uh, he, he was going to make the same project. Uh, and, and, you know, their big brother, um, you know, Demetrius, he did one too. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they all have this. I had them all lined up. The, the little birch tree projects and, and i was just waiting for, for for his but i guess he's not going to get it <laughs> did i just go down a real like that's a little rat hole there i should maybe i should go back and edit that out okay scratch all, scratch everything i just said that was that wasn't planned in the outline <laughs> What i was gonna mention today that was all that was all ad cuff um okay so anyway, this is all surface level observation. That's that's all it is. It's just surface level observation. There is so much more happening under the hood and the good stuff is yet to come. You know, we need to educate parents, and we need to educate administrators so they understand what's really going on. And we need to educate ourselves first so we so we're able to confidently articulate what really is, what's really happening. Like so what is really going on? <laughs> Learning, that's what's going on. There's learning in the authentic art. Not that there's not learning in the teacher-directed program, but there is learning in the authentic art. And that's important. Now, why do I say that? Well, am I saying that students learn more from creating authentic art than they do from creating teacher-directed projects? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that learning and growth happens through authentic art at a slower pace, perhaps, but but it has the ability to exceed the expectations. That's right. Authentic art might happen slower. The growth might be seen slower. But, but it actually has the ability to exceed expectations. And I'm going to tell you why I say that. Here's why. In a teacher-directed project, so this is the teacher-directed project, right? The student's work is raised to a certain level rather quickly. I mean, the student is going to apply the strategies that they're told to incorporate. And they're going to produce a work of art that... You know, it's at an expected level because the teachers design that into the project. It's like, you're going to do this project with these, these things you're gonna learn and it's gonna raise you up to this level. Boom, 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 right there. And you're gonna hit that level. Okay, great, that's good. Now this raises two questions. First, is the level achieved in that teacher-directed project ever surpassed or does it remain constant? And what I mean by that is, like in other words, does the level ever advance beyond the set expectation? Well, it, it really, it could, but it, um, it doesn't. <laughs> Here's a second question. If the student is pulled away from the teacher-directed lesson, is the student able to advance in their artwork, in their art-making ability? If pulled away, would they remain at that same level or would they falter? And that's a, that's a question. Now, to be fair, to be totally fair, we need to look at authentic art and ask the same questions, right? Does the level of authentic art ever surpass a certain level or does it remain constant? Same question. And, and is the student able to advance in their art-making ability? Like if we pull them away, because <laughs> we can't pull them away for anything because they're just doing their own thing. So left to their own devices. Um, are they able to, or are they just going to make the same thing over and over again? Or are they going to advance in their, in their art-making ability? What I've found is when it comes to the authentic art, is that for both those questions, it's a resounding yes to both questions. You know, they will, they will surpass a certain level. They don't remain constant and they will advance in their art making ability. And that is why I believe my students are killing it. (laughs) They're all student directed and they are killing it. Now let me explain what I see happening. Let's just start with um, something the students do. So let's let's just take a look at media, okay? And now I'm talking about student-directed tab, student choice they're choosing media, okay? When students are offered choice, they select which media they wish to use. So, they're making that decision and they're making that choice. It's it's not a teacher directed, uh, everyone's going to use acrylic paint or everyone's going to use color pencil. This is the student deciding, "Hmm, I want to use acrylic paint. I want to use color pencil." Now, students will often start by bumping around from one to the other. But that's sort of how all artists do it, right? I mean, like, you, you kind of play around with different things till so you find one that you're particularly drawn to. So like all artists, and I'm going to stop here for a second because I, I'm going to use that term when I'm talking about students, but like artists because Tab teaches that the student is the artist and the art room is their studio. So keeping that in mind, like all artists, um, they, have, they find that they enjoy a particular medium, and they enjoy using it, and they want to get better at using it. They want to get better at using it because they enjoy using it, so they begin looking for ways to improve. You know, they're seeking out on their own methods and techniques to help improve their craft. They're not they will, they will come to me and ask, but they're not just gonna come to me and ask. So they're gonna have more than just my teacher-directed version of what technique or how to use the, the medium to achieve great results. They're gonna find a lot of different ways to do it. And they're gonna an experiment and they're gonna practice and they're gonna play. And uh, this is one reason that I can answer with a resounding yes to the question, is the student able to advance in their art-making ability? Because they just get stinking better at it. <laughs> they do. They get so much better at it. Again, it's slower because I don't just bring them up, boom, right here with the skill or technique. But they do. They learn. They advance. They ask me. They ask their friends. They go on. I don't know what they go on. TikTok. You know, they're talking the tick. They're instant the gram. They're on the, the Twitter book, the face thing i don't know and they're doing stuff they're finding it and they're and they're they're getting better at their art making because they want to because they chose to in the first place now this same thing occurs when we're talking about technique in the book the open art room if you ever read it i tell a story about one of my students his name is robbie and I've told this um, to, at several conferences, so maybe you've heard this one before. But Robbie wanted to work uh, on an architectural piece. He was doing an architectural piece, but he wasn't sure how he wanted to approach it. And so I sat down with him, and we discussed it. And I asked him, like, um, "Do you want to incorporate one or two point perspective?" You know, but we had done that before. I've done that with him, and he was already familiar with these techniques. And so he told me that, <laughs> explained that, you know, he was looking for something more. So I was like, "Well." You know, if you want something beyond one- or two-point perspective, maybe I could show you three-point, right? (laughs) Because I know three-point. Now, Robbie is kind of a bit of a wise guy. (laughs) You know, he's a little smart-ass. And, um... (laughs) I guess he thought he'd just poke a little fun at me And the situation so you know I was like uh, Do you want to try three point And he just turned he was like yeah sure Sans, Why not three point hey why not four point Hey why not five point <laughs> Like I'm just going to keep throwing points at him I guess that's what he figured He was looking for something different but you know I was thinking I don't even know what Five point perspective is <laughs> Like, Is there such a thing I don't know So I just said sure Robbie why don't you go Do that <laughs> you know because You're a wise guy okay but the thing about Robbie was he had that other ability to to like well I'll, I'll show you kind of thing going on too. I could be a wise guy and show you up. So so Robbie decided to look it up and guess what? Turns out there is such a thing as five point perspective. Who knew? I didn't know, and I didn't know how to do it, and I didn't know how to show him. So, um, you know, what the what it is is basically there's a point. Um, take a piece of paper. There's a point on all four, all four oh, I can't say it, all four corners. There's, there's a point at the north, a point at the south, there's a point at the east, and there's a point at the west. And then there's a point in the middle. So who knew? <laughs> and the result is something like um, a photo that was taken with a fisheye lens. So you kind of could draw this city, these buildings, it's gonna look like, like a, the drawing will look like a, a fisheye lens photograph. So Robbie went on to create this fantastic five point um, perspective drawing Something that I didn't even know existed, uh, which brings me back to the point of the story. (laughs) There was a point of the story. Authentic art has the ability to exceed expectations. Look, if Robbie was only able to follow my lame teacher-directed lessons, um, if I had set the expectation, (laughs) he would have created a three-point perspective. He probably would have created a one- or two-point perspective drawing again, but I would have raised him to at least a three-point perspective drawing. It would have been completed at a certain level, but that level would have stopped at my level. <laughs> Robbie was able to surpass expectations because frankly, there weren't any. <laughs> I didn't have any expectations on the table for him. He, he could just go way beyond anything I would have laid out for him. So here's the question again. Do you submit student art into local shows? And if so, do you find it more difficult to compete with other DBAE or teacher-directed programs? Yes, we submit work to local art shows, and no, we don't have any trouble competing with the other teacher-directed programs. We recently entered a, a district-wide high school art exhibit. Uh, the art was judged, and there were three, cal- three categories. There was, um, it was 2D graphics and 3D. Our students took two out of three first-place prizes, and we took two of the three second-place prizes. We didn't win any third-place prizes, but that's okay. We left those for the other schools. We also entered another exhibit where we were only allowed to enter four pieces. This was this month. We entered four pieces. Out of those four, and this was a countywide uh, art show. It wasn't just high school, but I think it was only the high school competing against each other. But still, um, you know, like the elementary competed against elementary, middle against middle, and high school against high school. But it was a, it was a whole countywide show, uh, and they also had places in there. And we took first and second place in that show as well. And again, we were we were we were polite enough to leave the third place to the other high schools. Um, (laughs) Last year, um, we entered work into a district wide art exhibit also. And uh, that was all schools for all the County uh, also. And out of five works submitted to that show, we won three awards, including best in show. In fact, in other competitions, our students have placed at the local, we placed at the district and even at the state levels. So our kids are doing really, really well. And, um, You want to know why they're doing so well? I'll tell you. It's because they have a fantastic art teacher who teaches them all these skills. (laughs) No, not quite. Quite the opposite. Quite the opposite. They outperform other schools simply because um, authentic art, when given the chance to grow, it's like a sunflower seed. When it first sprouts, it's not too impressive, but let it bake in the sun, let the rain fall on it. Yeah, let the rain fall on it. This is such a good metaphor, by the way. <laughs> and, and, and that plant will grow up to produce beautiful sunflower, A beautiful sunflower, and you can even eat it. So that's cool. So that's how authentic art works. Our philosophy shouldn't be for our students to make art, but for us to be making artists. <laughs> It sounds like a podcast. Um, I spoke to an art teacher who was interested in teaching AP Art, and since I teach AP Art, she had some questions, and I, you know, I told her, I talked to her about it, and she had a concern, and her concern was that in order for her students to take AP Art, she thought the students should first be in advanced art class. Okay, you know, I can understand that. I can understand where she's coming from. You want to have your students at a certain level before they go into AP Art, I guess. So uh, that was her decision, and one, and you know, that was hers to make. So that's fine. But the problem was to reach advanced art, her students would have to take all the prerequisite classes, all these prerequisite, I can say it, classes. And there were so many prerequisite classes. There were so many, in fact, that she even said, she admitted that her students couldn't complete them before graduating. So in other words, they'd never get to take advanced art and therefore never get to take AP art. So she really didn't have to worry about teaching it and they don't offer it at her school at this time. Um, (laughs) Authentic art requires us to think different about everything. I know it's think differently. I did that on purpose. There's a podcast called Think Different. Okay, side note. (laughs) But it does. It requires us to think different about everything. We have to think differently about how art is made. We have to think different about how students learn. We have to think different about how we teach. We need to look for our students' strengths and our students' interests, and then we support them and what they want to achieve. That's how it works. And I'll take a student, I'll personally take a student who's an art one and I'll bump them into AP art if they want, if they want, if they'll work, if they're willing to work, sure. I have an AP art student right now who never took an art class. He's creative as all get out. And I think he's going to do really well on the AP art exam. But I'm not telling him what to do. I'm not telling him what to make or or how to make it. That's not my job. That's his job. My job is to guide him uh, to be the facilitator in the art room. You know, our student's job is to make the art. And that includes creating the design, deciding the media, determining the scope, the whole thing. So that's my take on authentic art. Um, if you want more resources, you can check out com. I've got plenty of stuff up on there, lesson plans you can steal, you can rob, take and grab them. Um, if you want to spend the dough, go to davisart.com and pick up a copy of the Open Art Room or making artists. Um, you know, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> They're good books. Obviously there was a book study. <laughs> That's how we started. That's how we got this question. That's what this whole podcast came around from. So thanks for listening and we'll see you again next week. Hey, go make some artists.